0: Welcome back to Match Volume. We're your hosts, Emma Dessau and Sarah Bringman. This week's episode features a young entrepreneur, Megan Hancock.
1: Megan took the time to speak with us about her new business, Nimbus. Nimbus features handmade, one-of-a-kind jewelry pieces made by Megan, and she dives into her experience of turning a passion into a business and the challenges and triumphs of entrepreneurship. This is Sarah Bringman speaking with Megan Hancock.
0: First things first, why don't you take a moment to introduce
1: yourself? Sure. So my name is Megan Hancock, and I run my own business that I launched recently, but sort of started in um, March of 2020 when COVID really started to hit the fan. Um, Yeah, I'm excited to be here. So why don't you also just talk tell us a little bit about your, like, education background and stuff? So I went to Parsons School of Design, and my major was called Integrated Design, um, which is a bit sort of complicated and confusing to explain, but essentially I basically created my own major. So I was able to pick, like, certain focuses, and then we had sort of, like, I the way that I would describe it is like a home base studio class where we would learn sort of like general art skills and general community design-based skills, um, but we were allowed to approach projects with whatever medium we wanted. And then outside of our required classes, um, we pretty much got to do whatever we wanted. So it was very fun. Um, so I definitely consider myself an artist. I'm, I'm a maker, especially with my hands. Um, and. Yeah, I just graduated, which is a little scary, but also exciting.
0: What were some of the classes or activities that you had the option to, like electives that you had the option to fill your schedule with that you decided to take?
1: Um, I would say probably my favorite one was textiles. So I took actually, I ended up taking three classes in textiles because I loved it so much. Um, And there you know, at least with the first one that I took, it was just an introduction. So I learned how to knit, weave, embroider, dye. So synthetic dye, um, different dye resist techniques, natural dye, how to make dye, all of these kinds of practices. Um, trying to think what else. Oh, I learned how to felt, which is something I'm really into now. It's like one of my favorite things ever. Um, and that was, those were definitely my favorite classes. And I just sort of found, found myself going back to like the, um, back to those classes when I was like registering. Um, I also took, I started off as a photography major. So I did take a ton of photography classes, which I love. Um, but by the end I ran out of classes in, t- in photography to take, cause I had already taken so many. Um, and then let's see, I really also loved sort of my integrated design based core classes. So I got to take Um, a class in entrepreneurship that was actually not one of my favorite classes. I didn't really like it. It was more so, it was sort of funny, but um, I just didn't really like the class structure. Um, And I got to take some sort of like marketing and business development classes, which were also really fun. So you mentioned that you launched a business officially pretty
0: recently, but it kind of started when we were all, we were all home for COVID and we kind of got not dismissed from school, but senior year got cut short. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about your newest
1: business? It's Nimbus, right? Yes. So you know, I was sort of sent home because of coronavirus, and I was living in New York City, which was definitely not the place to be at the time. Um, so I came home, and you know, I I have not lived at home in like three years, so it's definitely a very weird adjustment. And I, I realized though that, like, I'm an artist, I'm a maker, like, this is the perfect time for me to learn something new. And I, and I find it very cathartic and I just feel better about myself when I'm making. It just really helps me if I'm ever sort of not feeling focused or anything like that. And so I was like, okay, what's something I've always wanted to do? Well, I've always wanted to make jewelry. And I was seeing all these, like, cute pictures and beaded necklaces had become so trendy. So I just started making necklaces and then before I knew it, I had 50 and then I realistically was like, okay, well, I don't personally need 50 necklaces. So then I posted them on my Instagram and they all pretty much sold out within like the first day. Um, so from there I was, and I've always sort of wanted to um, run my own business. I just never really knew what I would be doing. Um, And I was like, well, I would kind of be a fool if I didn't turn this into something because there's, there's something here to be done and like to tap into. Um, And I think too, I'm really passionate about um, cutting down on our personal waste and our impact on the earth. And I think I'm not here to say that, you know, we can't buy things because for a lot of us, that gives us joy. And for a lot of us, like we're into fashion, that's a hobby, you know? And so I'm not here to say like, you can never buy something, but I think if you are just more conscious about where you're putting your money, I think that's really important. So I think, you know, as a consumer and a producer, I need to sort of take that into account too. So I, that's why I was really, I really wanted to launch a business in which everything was handmade. Nothing, you know, nothing was made in China. Nothing was made um, in a way where the workers were being not paid fairly or treated poorly. And so, I make everything, which I have to admit, is, it can be strenuous at times. Um, but I think that that's so cool in a way, too. You know, everything is made to order, so I don't keep inventory. Everything is made j- for that customer. Um, and it's been, it's been really fun. And, you know, I think it, it I also get the feeling as if I'm, I'm somewhat making a difference, even just a little bit. You have a very
0: cool mission statement on your website and you're clearly very passionate about cutting down on waste and kind of encouraging the idea of creating and bringing back some of the basic business ideas where we don't just reach for something that's easier rather than more creative and um, maybe more expensive just because it's made by someone who's a smaller business or more sustainable or, you know, something that fast fashion has kind of changed that part of the business side of it. But can you talk me through the process of creating the actual business, like creating the website and reaching out to people to purchase your product and stuff?
1: Sure. Um, so this is definitely the side that I am not as confident in and don't know quite as much about. But I knew that going into it. So, you know, I didn't really, it wasn't hard on myself about um, going a little, a a little bit blind. Um, but I knew what I was thinking in terms of logo. So I have a lot of friends at Parsons that were graphic designers. So I had, um, I reached out to one of my friends, um, who I knew could do something that I was, was sort of thinking and, and envisioning. And so we had like a couple zooms and then she created my logo and I loved it. And she helped me come up with, um, all the gradients you see. So what sort of look like tie dye or sunset um and she came up with my whole brand guide so all my colors and my fonts and everything which was really helpful because that is not my specialty um and i basically just sort of gave her my ideas and she came back with everything that i had was envisioning um and then i made the website myself i used a um, a template through shopify so my store runs on shopify um but i customized it a lot so that part took a lot of time especially uploading the products but i knew for sure and it's funny i remember these small details details that other people would never notice or care about but like i really didn't want my website to be white i was like i want it to be off white (laughs) because i just wanted something a little bit different um and i would say the website probably took me a month and a half even though i was using a template it was like uploading all of the products and writing the copy um was was just a lot of work um and to be also making the necklaces at the same time on the side. But I was really inspired by um, this brand, Agoldi, and they make matcha and like wellness products. They have an adorable website and I really liked theirs. So I sort of was going for a similar vibe, but I the website was really the hardest thing. Like it was sort of getting me down at the end of the day.
0: Well, I wanna talk about some past, a past business you have, just because I think it's important to talk about how-
1: and a lot of the things that I'm interested in, I try to always incorporate some aspect of sustainability or or you know, a reduction on the environment in some way. And and I think one of the best ways to do that is to buy secondhand clothing. And so I have been buying secondhand clothing for about four years now. I didn't I really didn't think much of it until I moved to New York City. And then, you know the cool thing to do was to wear thrifted and vintage clothing which now it's that's sort of that trend has seeped all over the country which is fantastic um but in the beginning it it was sort of like right when at least when i remember it it it's kind of funny it was right when like film started to be trendy again and it was so funny because i had like applied to parsons got in for photography was doing film photography and then like film photography became this like trendy thing and then with that, I noticed that vintage became really interesting too, and there's this whole aspect of nostalgia. But nostalgia can also be very environmentally friendly. So I um, have really always kind of, since I got into vintage, have always been interested in in running my own vintage company in some way. And so I launched um, an online vintage tour about I think two years ago. So I was a sophomore at Parsons, and um. I sourced all the clothing myself. I made the website myself. It also ran on Shopify and I took all the product images and, you know, I think it just, well, I'll explain. It really just didn't work out in the entire time I had it. I only got two orders and, and it was, I will be honest, it was really disheartening. You know, it was something that I really liked and everybody around me was like, this is so cool. Like we, I love vintage clothes, you know, But I never really could figure out why I didn't get any orders. And then I sort of remembered that if I'm ever shopping online and there isn't a photo of somebody wearing it, I'm not gonna buy it. All of my images were just product shots. I didn't have any images of them on people. So nobody had an idea of what things looked like. And you know, with vintage, it's really hard to upkeep in terms of um, your online store and everything. So there's only one of everything. So it's just, it's, it's a definitely a lot of work and it was a commitment, but it, it just didn't take off at all. And I'm like, I think I was sad about it for maybe two months. And then I really like, don't care anymore because I think without that, I would have never learned that lesson. And I'm also not embarrassed too, because then it just sort of makes me seem like I even know what I'm doing more, even though I don't. <laughs> um, but it was, and it was called Rock Lobster Vintage, which Rock Lobster is my favorite song. It's like my personal anthem. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it took me a while to get to the point in my life where I could look at, I'm using air quotes, failures. And, you know, I took this class called Managing Creative Teams. And funny enough, I got a really bad grade in it. Um, just just our little secret. And, uh, but our teacher was always sort of preaching that like you literally cannot learn without failure. Like you have to fail. And I was like, well, I don't want to fail. And she's like, but you, you're going to fail at something soon. Like it just is going to happen. And then it took me, I would probably say until a year ago. So about a year after sort of rock lobster had just been officially done. um, That I was like, damn. Okay. Like now I, now I, at least I'm, I'm so much more ahead of where I was before I even tried, so I, I'm really not embarrassed about failure anymore. And I think it's very possible that Nimbus could fail. You know, it, I might stop getting orders one day and never get them again. But I, I think too, just because it's something I'm passionate about, I'm willing to put myself out there and risk it. It's clearly
0: like you hadn't talked about why you liked textiles and jewelry and that it's something about making things with your hands, that it's like relaxing, common kind, therapeutic. But what drives your creativity, your, just your general creativity? What's, what drives your passion, you think?
1: This is going to sound sort of cheesy, but I think I was sort of born to be an artist in some ways. I think that the way in which my brain works, the best way for me to approach problems is with art. And so I think, you know, I've always been very visual, and I've had a lot of other interests other than art. I'm not saying I've always done it. I'm just saying I think I, I was always, there was the potential. But, you know, it's funny. I don't know how I would describe my creative process because I, I don't know it, because I don't see it, and it's sort of ingrained in me. But I think that, you know, there's there's things that I notice about myself sometimes, and they're sort of funny. Like, I work best at night. Um, my creativity comes at night, and I am better with doing all the business stuff during the day. So, I make at night and I run the business during the day. Um, and I, you know, part of my process is sort of funny. I really like to watch TV while I make things. I just feel like more comfortable, and like, it doesn't feel as much like a project. It's just sort of something I'm doing. Um, but I think too, like, I. I think I will actually go crazy if I don't make something, you know, I think par- partially too, just because I've been in art school for four years or I was in art school for four years. Like I just was making, 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 and churning out art, which I don't think is the best way to, you know, teach creativity. You can't really, but I think now it's so habitual that I can't stop. <laughs> um, but at the same time, you know, I find, I find, I feel like I always have to have a project of some sort. Um, I'm sort of one of those people that just has lots of projects at once. Um,
0: but, yeah. It sounds like it's not as much as you know that there's one thing driving. A yeah. project That it's just, it's kind of just you. That's kind of just part yeah. of you.
1: I think too, I, I guess, okay, I have a pretty, I guess a more solidified answer for you. I would hope that something that I make can make somebody else feel something. So when it comes to, you know, more so product, by that I mean like the things that I'm selling like necklaces and tank tops or if it be vintage, you know, with that I would hope that I can like make somebody feel beautiful or make somebody smile or make somebody feel comfortable. And I think that differs though from my fine artwork. Like I think for my fine artwork, I really wanna make them like feel you know, like whether it be sad or emotional or any any sort of thing like that. But I would like somebody to find something in themselves through my work. You know, I think it is some type of connection. So I think a good question to ask is
0: what has been one of the biggest trials or
1: lessons in your recent Nimbus venture? Trials, I think I would say trying To do everything at once. It's very hard. You know, I think too, I love that I run this entirely by myself. And I think I'm very proud of myself for that, for being able to do all of that. But at the same time, there, you know, I can feel spread too thin. But it's kind of funny because the person making me feel that way is myself. (laughs) You know, I don't have somebody above me being like, you have to get this done. But instead, when it comes from inside, I think in a way, it strikes you differently, you know, when I'm, when it's, like, you're, you're on the line in a different way, um, when I think in terms of lessons, I think, you know, I also, and this is sort of related to Nimbus, but also related to the last few months, is, like, I can't please everyone, you know, and I think the hard part with that is, I've noticed, too, when, you start sort of running your own business, like people think that they just want like want pieces of you in some way. You know, it's funny. People will be like, oh, like, can I buy this necklace for $10? And I'm like, no, it's $50. <laughs> like, you can't do that. And just because you you're my friend doesn't mean I'm just gonna like give you stuff, you know, like, and so I think it's, and I haven't had that happen that often. But there are times when I don't think people realize that like, it hurts my feelings, and it can be quite rude. So I have to sort of The I guess my lesson is like I can't please everybody, and that's okay. I have to come to terms with that. But at the same time, I can still be courteous. (laughs) So there's is a fine line of balance of like me being sort of boss, but also being Megan. It's hard, you know. Um, Especially if like somebody buying something from me knows me. I have to where where do I like do I put my Nimbus shoes on or do I put my Megan shoes on? I don't know. It's hard.
0: So what do you hope? Nimbus looks like in the future.
1: I think I'll give you what I want and then what I think might happen. Okay. Um, I want to continue it for as long as, like, it has life. Um, I think, too, you know, obviously, like, I'll get new products and, like, we'll do new things, um, but I think realistically right now, you know, there was a time in which I wish it could be the sole provider of my income, but. It's not, I don't have an, it's not making enough money to be able to do that right now. So I will have to work at another job. So it's going to have to be a side gig for now. But it also, you know, as an artist, it's going to be very hard for me to work a nine to five. So this stuff is what keeps me going and I'll need something on the side that, that feels like a creative outlet. Mm -hmm. So I love, I'm loving for it to be on the side right now. I actually think I'll have a lot of fun doing that. And I think, in terms that's like what I see it, I guess for right now, and what I would want to happen is eventually it blows up, and like I have to hire a billion employees or not a billion. I want to be a small business, so ten employees, um you know enough to manage everything but i I would love to get so many orders that like people I follow on Instagram that I think are so cool start wearing it, you know, I think that's obviously the dream with running a business is like it just takes off, but I don't really know, you know, I think too. If that were to happen, things couldn't be all handmade anymore. And I'd be losing, you know, that's like a big, that's like the heart of the company. So that's something I would have to sort of adjust. But does the time and effort you put in, does it feel worth it? Like,
0: are you happy doing this?
1: Yeah, I think there are times that I put more effort in than it sort of is giving me, (laughs) you know, in terms of like results but at the same time, it's fulfilling. So, you know, I don't ever regret spending time, like, working really hard on the, web- on the website or any of, of that, but, you know, the hard part is the part that doesn't feel very fulfilling, and, and partially because I don't really like doing this stuff, but um, the social media aspect of it is quite difficult, like, the sort of having to churn out this content, and, like, that to me doesn't feel very authentic, so it's really hard for me to, like, have to like make content and post every day for Nimbus when I don't run my own account that way. So it's a very strange balance. And realistically, if I could have any help right now, I would, the first person I would hire would be social media manager because it's, I don't know much about it. And it's so funny. That does not feel fulfilling to me at all, but it's also something I have to do, you know, without it, like it's just not going to work. Um, but i also don't see that like the work i'm putting into social media feels reciprocated in any way but i mean it's all part of this like large web of interconnectivity.
0: right so it's a it's a necessary evil almost sort of yeah it's not even an evil like it's not that you have anything against it it's just it, it i think it's just cuz i don't really like it <laughs> it's just something that's not it's not the part of the business that you're passionate about
1: correct correct
0: This is kind of our question that we ask everybody who comes on and it'll be kind of the second to last thing, but it's, what is one question you wish people would ask themselves more often?
1: I think I wish people would take a moment to think about all of the waste they create (laughs) because it's, it's so true, you know? we and and i'm guilty of it too but you know we have so much waste and i think people don't understand that like their consumerism has consequences and you know the the food that they buy can have consequences and i just don't think that people care enough to be informed and so i wish that people would take the time to be like, hey, I actually really want to learn more about this. And then if they don't end up like eating less meat, for example, then like, okay, but like, they should, but like, at least they learned. (laughs) Um, So I just, I just wish people were more conscious. And I think that they really ask themselves questions like, do I really realize the impact that I'm making? So last thing before we sign off is
0: if there's anything you want to say or you feel like we didn't cover your time
1: i think and this kind of funny this is like my message sort of to myself but also to uh, to the listeners who may be interested in starting a business or who already do but i think if you're going into a business especially one that you create where you're either taking your hobby or taking something you're really passionate about and creating, you're making it your job. You've got to learn how to separate things, you know, because it's hard. Every day I wake up and I'm like, I just want to work on Nimbus stuff all day, but I have to realize that like I'm going to get burnt out. So I think time management is very important. That applies to literally everything. But I think to just be careful, you know, I think you don't want your work to be. To feel like work if you're going into something you're passionate about and you also don't want to like lose that spark for the thing that you're working on because sometimes i notice that happening to me and not in a way that's detrimental but you know i'm like oh i don't really want to make a necklace right now you know but i think if i'm like if i'm feeling that way i'll be like okay then in 30 minutes you know i think you can't push it but also you have to set boundaries That was Megan Hancock with Sarah Brinkman.
0: Thank you again to Megan for taking the time to speak with us about Nimbus. You can check out Megan's business on Instagram at nimbus.nyc and shop all of her products on her website, nimbusnyc.com.
1: As always, Match Volume is a production of USC Annenberg Media from the Annenberg School of Communication and
0: Journalism. For all things Match Volume, check out at Match Volume Podcast on Instagram and listen to past episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the USC Annenberg Media website. I'm Sarah Bringman.
1: I'm Emma Dessau. See you next week.